Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Uh, time to look outside our own borders. Jonathan de Burke Butler uh, joins us once again uh, as our guide. Good afternoon, John. Sean, how are you getting on? Uh, right, Turkey uh, we're going to go to uh, first. And, well, it, it's the condemnation is coming from Turkey but aimed towards Sweden. What have the Swedish done? Well, the Swedish, what have the Swedish done? <laughs> well, um, look, I suppose it's all part of this situation around NATO and that's why this is quite an important story. So as you know, since mm. the war in Ukraine, um, Turkey, or, sorry, Sweden and Finland have been trying to get into NATO and Turkey looks like the one country that is trying to block them or at least use a little bit of leverage to get what it it wants, right? Mm. And And that's probably where we should start because Turkey wants to get critics and people that it sees as terrorists who are seeking asylum or have got asylum in Sweden transported from Sweden back to Turkey right so they're looking Mm, between Sweden and Finland there's about 130 people there's about just over 70 people that they want to get back and they range from people who might well have been involved in some sort of terrorism or terrorist acts to people who are teachers and journalists that just don't like Erdogan and have criticised him in the past right so this is what Turkey is trying to get out of this whole thing and recently there's been a couple of incidents involving private citizens of of not Sweden necessarily, but of other places nearby, uh, which Turkey has condemned. So namely, last week, there was a man by the name of Rasmus Paladin, who's the leader of a Danish far-right party called Hardline, right? It's only been around since 2017. The last election in Denmark, it got less than 2% of the vote. So it's not, you know, particularly Mm. popular in Denmark, but he tends to go into Sweden as well as Denmark and cause quite a bit of trouble, right? And he obtained a licence to hold a rally outside the Turkish embassy last Saturday afternoon. It was given to him by the Swedish government. And at that particular rally, he decided to take out a Koran and set it on fire. Okay, okay. deliberately uh, provocative. Deliberately provocative, absolutely. Knew exactly what he was doing, was going to get maximum benefit. Now, on the permit that he obtained from the police, he said that his protest was against Islam and what are called Erdogan's attempt to influence freedom of expression in Sweden. Right, so, you know, the authorities knew what he was going there to do. Mm although they didn't know he was going to burn the Koran. Okay, So they let him go ahead. And obviously, because it was taking place outside the Turkish embassy, they got wind of this and they warned the authorities in Sweden, don't let this go ahead. We're not going to like it and it's going to stop your chances of getting into NATO. They went ahead anyway. You know, they said it was a freedom of speech issue in Sweden. There's nothing they could do about it. Uh, And now Erdogan has come out yesterday and said, "Okay, guys, don't expect our support for getting into NATO. The Minister for Defence, Pal Jansson, was supposed to go to Istan- or to Ankara last week. That was stopped uh, when this particular incident, or, or earlier this week, sorry, and that was stopped um, on the back of this particular incident. So uh, it's in a very bad place, which is not good news for anybody. Yeah, because I thought, I mean, Turkey originally did have objections, as you said, to Sweden joining, but I thought they'd, they'd reached some point where they'd smoothed yeah. out those differences. Yeah, things were beginning to thaw out, but this kind of an incident, and of course the fact that a group of people, um, I think they hung an effigy of Erdogan yeah. about two weeks ago at another protest, that wasn't particularly helpful either. Um, so there's lots of people with lots of skin in the you know, there'd be people, obviously, you know, Kurds in Sweden who, you know, want to stoke stoke things. Yeah. There's obviously people who don't want to join NATO in Sweden who want to stoke things and are looking at Turkey to kind of 
do them a favour in many respects by not letting Sweden into NATO. So there's a lot of people with a lot of skin in the game. Just to finish on this one, Sean, yeah. presidential elections in Turkey have been announced for May the 18th. It looks like it could be a close race this time around. Right. So it could well be the fact that Sweden might be able to buy a little bit of time for themselves and they'll be talking to somebody new uh, you know, later on in the year, but you never know with Erdogan. Yeah, when they say somebody, in you, when you know, you say somebody in you is it like Erdogan Mark II? Or, no, or we, it would we, no, we, the, it would be an opposition, um, a couple of opposition candidates. So the opposition have decided that they're going to rally around one candidate. That mm. candidate hasn't been chosen yet. Ah, right. Uh, so they have to see one or two of them have been arrested, of course. Um, uh, you know, just before the announcement of this mm. election date. So uh, right, uh, Croatia. Uh, lucky Croatia has joined the Euro. Uh, and as far as I'm called, this story sounds awfully familiar mm. in that everybody who's joined the Euros maybe experiences a little bit. Well, th- that's what I wanted to know, because I th- we joined in 2007, didn't we? Mm. And, and I, was yeah. it that? OK, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I can't remember I, yesterday, John. Let me ask me 2007. I, I wasn't here at the time. So I, I was I was living in Italy at the time. And I know right, because okay. they went from the lira to, you know, 10,000 lira to <laughs> for a you coffee, know, four, yeah. four euros um, that there was noticeable price hikes and lots of complaints about the Italians love to complain anyway but they were kind of right, well within their rights at, at mm. this time so Croatia joined the European Union in 2013 and straight away said right we want to get into the Euro and they joined this year so it's only an 8 year turnaround it's pretty good and straight away they've noticed price hikes right so the Consumer Protection Association said buyers reported noticeable price increases especially for coffee and baked goods right so they gave an example of something that cost 8 kuna right should have cost 1 euro and 9 cent mm. but has been rounded up to 120 or 150 right, right now the yes. government had said to retailers look, you can't be doing this. You need to keep your prices the same as they were on December the 31st. And in fact, they had an article of law uh, which around the introduction of the euro, euro, which indicated that the price must not be increased due to the introduction of the euro. Now, 200 retailers so far have had cases filed against them for hiking their (laughs) prices. But it's interesting that the, the cases have been filed, which means obviously you can go to a court of law and argue your case, turn around and basically say, hey, look, inflation, all of these different oh, things yeah, are happening. All so, sorts of things, you know, yeah. nothing to do with the euro. And the fact that the law says due to the introduction of the euro means that there's wriggle room in here. So, again, just something interesting, because, as you said yourself, it's something that I think yeah. we all experience. I think, yeah, I think, well, certainly there was many allegations of whether uh, of it uh, around the time when Ireland joined the euro as well. Uh, right. Mexico, we're going to go to uh, next. And uh, they've extended their smoking ban. Yeah, they brought in a relatively comprehensive smoking ban back in 2008, creating smoke-free spaces and bars and restaurants and workplaces and that kind of thing. And Mm. now they've extended it to an outright ban in all public places, right? So they've gone bars, restaurants, workplaces, no smoking inside, but it's also parks, beaches... All those kinds of places as well. So okay, effectively, so there, is there a definite? I mean, could you have a cigarette walking down the street, for instance? Well, I don't. I don't think so, to be honest. Yeah. With you. I, and th- this is. I, and I don't think it's a grey area. They're saying all public spaces. So I'm going to say, you know, absolutely not. And mm. and in fact, one of the um, problems that smokers will have is that they're a bit annoyed at the the nature of the law because it's basically restricting them to their own house. Um, and so it's 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 pretty draconian, to be honest with you. But I have to be fair to Mexico. It was quite funny because Mexico gets a terrible rap, obviously bad reputation for all the violence that goes on there. But you might remember a few years ago, they brought in the sugar tax mm. on fizzy drinks and all that kind yes, of thing indeed, as well. Yeah. And now they're bringing this in. So they seem to have a sort of 
um, thing with health that they like to go after and okay. try to look after people as well as they we possibly can in that department, I suppose. Is smoking a big issue in, in Mexico? Well, th- this was another thing. Relative to the rest of the world, it's not that bad, right? So when you consider that the worst countries in the world, so Serbia has a 40% smoking rate amongst adults. We're about 24, 25%, surprisingly enough. Mm. And Mexico is somewhere between 13 and 16%, right? And it has gone down okay. since 2000 from about 24, 25% down to that 13%. So it's not too bad, although 63,000 people per year die as a result of smoking and it does cost. Um, their health budget is, they spend 10% of their health budget on, on looking after that side of things. So. And does this apply to vapes and the like as well? I think they are banning vapes yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. And all advertising around smoking and, and tobacco and vapes as well. So what kind of penalties will there be if someone's caught smoking well, in a public you, place? Well, you'll be fined. And this is part of the problem because, you know, along with the violence and that kind of thing, there's an awful lot of police corruption going on as well. So uh, people are slightly <laughs> worried about how those fines might be imposed or they might be, you know, sort of used as a pretext for taking bribes and uh, the like. Oh, be so it'll be interesting jacks. to see. But you can still ban cigarettes. You just can't smoke them anywhere. You can still buy cigarettes. You can still yeah, buy cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, you I can mean, still yeah. buy them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but again, it's it's like here. You go into a shop. There's no yeah yeah brand name or whatever. Or I was really going to say stuff. a brand there. God, yeah. there would have been terrible <gasps> texts about yeah. that. Yeah, uh, but you that. you couldn't see any branding or anything like yeah. that. So. Um, yeah. Right, India. We're going to go to next now. I must. I just kind of warn people a little bit that this is this is a, a grotesque story. It's uh, uh, it's so grim and it, it does involve uh, uh, people being killed. But I suppose it's more the nature of their death that was. That's so extraordinary. Yeah, and I suppose it's so surprising in a way because this should be, you know, when you look at the images of it on on YouTube, and uh, it should be a, kind of a joyful thing, really. Yes, it's yeah. the, the Uta Rayan Festival, which takes place every year to celebrate the coming of spring. And I, and I think it takes place in the Indian state of Gujarat. That would be Narendra Modi's state, yeah. incidentally, uh, or where he was the premier of for a number of years before he became... Um, Prime Minister of India. Anyway, this uh, particular festival is a kite flying festival, right? And for anybody who's seen the kite runner, it's basically you blob your kites up into the air and you try and cut the other ones. There's competitions. Mm. And in order to do that, you have to have, uh, obviously, the, the cords or the string that's attached to the kite itself. And apparently there's different types of cord and string that you can attach, some that are stronger than others and therefore some that are more dangerous than others should they get caught, for instance, around somebody's neck. And that's exactly what happened in three cases. In fact, in six cases, but three of them were children, right? So this is basically a two-year-old girl is on the back of her uh, father's moped when a piece of kite cord gets wrapped around her neck, cuts her throat, and she dies. The same thing happened to a three-year-old girl who was walking home with her mother and a seven-year-old boy who was also on the back of a moped as well. And it's Mm -hmm. just such a very sad uh, story uh, to be honest with you and, and it's it's really striking and what was the string made of that it was so sharp that it could cut into yeah. people yeah so this is a f- there's a few few things around this so there's two types right there's what's called traditional manja string which is made of cotton but what they do is they kind of put um, a gloss on it or a, mm. which is, is made out of rice glue tree gum and then powdered glass that's put on it so the glass can cut through cotton and obviously that can you know for soft skin yes. it can cut through it as well but there's also what's called chemical or Chinese manja, which is is made from synthetic fibres and, you know, has a bit of glass in it as well. And that's even stronger 
than that other uh, traditional manja. Mm. So, you know, there was a ban that was put on that powdered glass being put on the traditional manja back in 2016, but it's like fireworks here. Like, how do you... Yes, how do you, how do you limit it? it you yes. know? So it is technically illegal, but... Oh, yeah. absolutely illegal, yeah. but it's not being uh, it's not being policed properly, obviously. Yeah. And, and impossible to do, you have to say, in, in a you know place that's so huge, like... Mm. But but I suppose given this was an annual event, yeah, it's it's the first time anything as severe as this has happened. I would have thought. I don't think so, Sean, because oh. if you look at the 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 numbers, there's about 176 people have been injured as a result of cuts. So I mean, I'm sure this happens every year. And the fact oh, the fact that they brought a ban in in 2016 would indicate that it may well have been worse, or it's something that they needed to address in the past. Um, but yeah, very sad tale. Yeah, indeed. Uh, right, so uh, let us know what to look out for over uh, the next week or so, Jonathan. Yeah, well, it's what well, it's twenty to three now, so in about twenty minutes, the doomsday clock is going to reveal how close we are, uh, close to midnight. So we're at a hundred seconds at the moment, uh, and so we'll see how we're getting on at That's about a, three o'clock. Something jolly to look something forward to. to, look to forward yes. Yeah, absolutely. Sunday, uh, the Sundance Film Festival ends actually, so that's they usually choose excellent films there to watch. And next Tuesday, the Pope is going to the Democratic Republic of the Congo and then Uphelia, which is a Shetland's fire festival where they do lots of things with fire, uh, is also taking place next Tuesday. So plenty of things going on. Cool. Jonathan, thanks Thanks a million for uh, coming in to us. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.